and welcome back to Two Guys, One Lightsaber. I'm your host, Mike Pando. And I'm Ron Burgess. God, Ron, it feels good to be 28, and, oh, God, no different. I, it's just funny to me, I'm two years <laughs> from 30. It just becomes another day, man. <laughs> yes, it does. It, it really does. The grass is still just as green, and the snow is fucking everywhere in Michigan. I hate it. Although, like, 30, you're supposed to be able to celebrate. Because of the fucking pandemic, I wasn't able to celebrate 30, oh, so... Oh, shit, yeah. That's a good point. Damn. When Once things go back to normal, I'll have, like, a 30th birthday party, like, the, uh... Related? <laughs> like, yeah. Related. It'd be, like, uh, the sequel or something. Maybe maybe <laughs> this upcoming year. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, before we crack in the news, uh, we got a couple of fun little stories that we're going to talk about. And, of course, spoilers, pull ahead for uh, Peacemaker Episode 5 and Book of Boba Fett Episode 5. Book of Boba Fett will be at the end. You mean Mandalorian Season 3 Episode 1. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, every podcast is making that joke, Ron. I, I should have said things beforehand. I'm so sick of that shit. Hey, it was a perfect, uh, yeah, it was damn near perfect episode. We'll I, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's just, good God. It's like the Kramer memes right now on Facebook. Oh, Kramer, yeah. what's going in there? Pop culture reference, Jerry. I, I do love them. Some of them are brilliant, but it, that it, Bando 3.1 joke right now. It is hilarious to me. But also, as well, uh, Peacemaker will be after the news, so that will be all spoilers. So you can pick and choose which one you want to listen. Uh, Book of Boba Fett will be at the end. Um, maybe we'll even get fancy put time markers in between reviews. So, you know, me and Ron had no lives outside of our girlfriends and work, so we can pretty much watch everything whenever we want. Isn't that right, Ron? <laughs> uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, exactly. I love that you still question me on Mando. But real quick, uh, is there anything outside of our little pop culture bubble that you we've created here on Two Guys One Lightsaber? Uh, anything new you've been watching? Um, I mean, I've been rewatching Castle with my girlfriend, Ooh. the old Nathan Fillion show. Yeah, that's a good show. Even though they uh, the writers did a terrible job in the later seasons, but oh well. <laughs> Dude, very nice. Uh, we, after we get done recording with this, probably won't get it done, but I'll definitely have part one of Ozark done, the final season. Oh, that's right. I uh, I did watch that. Holy shit. Okay, don't ruin anything, And dude. holy shit. Don't, don't, I've never felt anything since Breaking Bad. Like, Game of Thrones was a different show, but this is the closest I felt to having Breaking Bad back in my life, outside of Better Call Saul, which I'm just waiting for it to end, because I know nothing of that show, and I listen to multiple shows that talk about it. I've not been spoiled on it, so I can just binge watch it when it's done. But for right now, Ozark is right there next behind Breaking Bad to me. It's like best crime dramas of all time. So fucking good. Yeah, definitely Breaking Bad-esque, for sure. Fuck. Oh, uh, who's the lead guy? Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman is one of my favorite actors of all time. He's one of the best comedic timing guys. He... Just the way he can come off as smart, like he just knows how to speak with intelligence. I know that sounds kind of that sounds weird to say, but he can come off intelligent in multiple whatever role he's playing at. He sounds like the smartest guy in the room. So if he's a money guy in Ozark, yeah. If uh, horrible bosses, he was the smartest guy in that group, but he wasn't like a genius. And then the uh, Hancock. Oh yeah, like he, he's a good yeah. business guy there too. Yeah, yeah, he's like a PR manager rep, and then even going back to one of the best comedies in television ever. Oh shit, the one that he got popular for isn't it Arrested Development? Yes, fucking yeah. loved him in that. Smartest guy in the dumbest family. Let's not forget his color commentary in the movie Dodgeball, where I will oh. always remember him. Population, you bro. <laughs> uh, seems like a risky, bold move, Cotton. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. And then one show. Pepper needs new shorts. <laughs> oh yes. One show though, I'm very excited for because. Uh, Top five, it's in my top five no matter what. I'm not saying, I, I couldn't tell you if it's one, two, three, or four, or five, but it's in my top five till I die is uh, Baby Driver. And dude, I'm so excited for the Pam and Tommy Lee show on Netflix about their sex tape leak. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, no, it's not for that reason, dude. Like, first of all, Lily James, who's the lead in that sh uh, the show, and from Baby Driver, she was the girlfriend of Baby Driver. Do yourself a favor, look at her in Baby Driver, and then look at her in real life, and then look at her become Pamela Anderson. It's fucking nuts, dude. Like, <laughs> it will blow your mind how much she looks like Pam Anderson in 1996, and then Sebastian Stan playing Tommy Lee, aka Winter yeah. Soldier as Tommy Lee. 
he's looking good. Dude, the show looks really good. And it's got Seth Rogen and our boy Ron from Parks and Rec in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks like a solid. It's, it looks like it's going to be a good, like, I don't know, just like a little fun series. Because think about it. Like, the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape, even I knew about that by the time I was 11, not for perverted reasons. It was just that popular. <laughs> I think I love the 90s yeah. is the reason I know about it. I knew about it so young. It was a huge story back then. Yeah, and I think it was like the first major celebrity sex tape. I think that One was like first for sure. It where Paris and Kim were like, she was on to something. Right. <laughs> she yeah. just didn't use it. She was actually, she hated her life and was depressed after it. We don't have to be depressed. We know it's a business <laughs> transaction. I don't know, yeah. that's a joke. Um, but let's get into it with the news. Uh, real quick, the cool one, uh, video game news from IGN. Uh, I spotted it this morning. They released like all the unused footage from Star Wars 13, the game 1313 that was canceled a long time ago, about even nine years ago. And it's Boba Fett chasing bounty hunters. And damn, yeah. did it look cool. <laughs> it's everything we've ever wanted in a game, but we will never get. Dude, the mechanics, <laughs> I was just like, this is, un- it's exactly the mechanics, of course, the Jedi Fallen Order, I think. But also, I was like, nah, this is, like, uh, I was like, cool, this is Uncharted in space. And instead of Nathan Drake, you got, you got Boba Fett. I feel like Star Wars video games has been, like, that old guy from the, like, Geico commercials where he has a dollar on the fishing line. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> yeah, I got you a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to be quicker than that. That's, that's Star Wars games in a nutshell. Dude, if anything, that is definitely Battlefront 2 in a nutshell. <laughs> hey, you've had greatness. So, ah. <laughs> uh, but you also have video game news as well about a game that we are both very excited for. But now you you're warning me something else might be happening. Yeah, don't get too excited. Uh, so it's Star Wars Eclipse. I guess there's uh the Quantic Dream Studios that is creating it. Yep, they've had a bunch of lawsuits and stuff against them for terrible working conditions and everything else like that, and now fans are boycotting the game. So they're like demanding Lucasfilms or Lucas Games part ways with Quantic Dream and have them handed off to some other studio to finish the game or something, which would never happen because Quantic Dream would be out millions of dollars. Um, so I don't know what the hell's going to go on with this. Yeah, so pretty much <laughs> I'm just this is done. This is like every other Star Wars movie announced or every other TV show. Uh, I'm just done. Until the fucking thing's on the shelf now, when it comes to certain Star Wars things now, I've been burnt on it. Or it, I see a trailer, like, official trailer with a set date. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of done believing shit now. Like, I'm really done. Star Wars Eclipse, greatest three minutes of Star Wars we'll ever, we'll ever see, but not get to experience. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, find someone on YouTube to splurge it in, and we'll just consider that Night's Over Republic stuff. This is exactly what I just said. Mike, I got you a dollar. Oh, yeah. oh you got to be quicker than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Star Wars games, man. <laughs> oh, well, let's get into uh, real quick also as well. Um, no, actually, that covers it for all Star Wars news. I don't think there, there was anything else yeah. announced. Oh, well, also, are you excited about the Lego Star Wars game? We didn't talk about that. Were you a big Star Wars Lego video game player? Always. Okay, the new one I'm very excited for. It's... um. I like it's a great trailer. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. It's about six minutes long, um, but it seems like it's going to be more of an open world type of setting, which and more dynamic gameplay. It's not just the simple Lego gameplay from before. That's awesome. And speaking of gaming news, uh, just saw that I was watching a trailer for all the games releasing this year. Yeah, DC's uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League comes out yeah. this year which I think all of us have seen footage on that looks so good. And uh, I think they released even more footage of Batman Arkham Knights and you can play as Red Hood and start shooting people. And it's an open world game of Arkham. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, those two games I'm definitely going to watch the reviews on because you and me, we like playing video games, obviously. And clearly I buy every Star Wars game because I'm dumb. But I've noticed I really don't like playing video games that much unless I'm in a group setting. So Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad, that one I'll definitely have to make sure it's actually a good game before I buy it because I'm going to have to invest playing with other people with that too, with both of them being multiplayer dynamic. Yeah. Because playing that by yourself with two computers or three computers in Suicide Squad, 
I, I hate that shit. Unless they make it where you can simultaneously switch between the four of them like brute force. Right. That's got to be the single player option. You got to treat it like brute force. It's gameplay. Well, you know, I'm always down to play. So. Yeah, I know. I know. It's been too long. It's been too long. Right. I think actually my funnest time ever was playing Battlefront 2 with Chuck Bean back when the pandemic hit one day. Uh, we just <laughs> randomly decided to play, dude. And that was so much fun because we're talking... And he's just seeing me wreck shop with uh, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> he's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, this is a fully upgraded best mods Anakin Skywalker. And I know this map like the back of my hand. It was like on a Federation starship. <laughs> so I was just going behind droids and just yanking them towards me. <laughs> clear. Nice. It's clear, Chuck. And he's yeah. like day two of playing the game. <laughs> so, oh, it was great lobby play. Oh, uh, let's get into uh, DC movie news. Um so uh, i believe it was in a podcast i don't think got released but i made a statement that i believe the upcoming 2022 directed matt reeves starring uh robert pattinson and zoe kravitz colin farrell and oh god riddler shit <laughs> paul dano this it will be better than the dark knight and you laughed at me you said that's gonna be a tough order and then the that cats is. in the bat trailer came out and then the funeral sequence came out I think there might have been something else, but I cut myself off. Even though this movie is going to be two hours and 55 minutes, I don't want another minute. I saw the scenes right. I need to see. I saw the fucking chemistry with Zoe Kravitz. I am 95% convinced this will be better than The Dark Knight. I have said my case. Ron, you have the floor. <laughs> well, let's hope so, because ever since the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman, Batman has been portrayed like shit. So... Let's hope that Robert Pattinson does it well. You did not like... Okay, when you say it's been shit with that, is it just because of lack of Batman content, or do you think Ben Affleck did a bad job? No, I thought I thought Ben Affleck was absolutely terrible. Really? Maybe it might have been just writing. I don't know, but Batman vs. Superman was Ghost Rider bad for me. Oh, God. And the Snyder Cut portrayed batman in a so much better light than the uh joss whedon cut of justice league yep like if you would have gave me ben affleck as batman in the snyder cut the entire time maybe but he has he was never that it sucks that he lost his love for it i guess to a certain degree there was like an interview we talked about it. it was just pretty much he was saying in an interview so you can look this up uh i'm just paraphrasing Pretty much what he was saying is Justice League came at the worst time in his life. You know, he's banning alcohol, his marriage, and then yep. that whole shitstorm with Zack Snyder and all that. I think he was just burnt out, and that's why we're going to get his goodbye in Flashpoint. But I really remember, because I remember cutting spots on um, the station, second station, when I was on Wednesday mornings from 4.30 a.m. till 10. Catch me, Mike Pandoff. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, the funny thing was... I remember that whole year, whenever I would cut spots, I was always talking about Ben Affleck making his Batman movie, and it never happened. And then I heard it was going to be Matt Reeves directing uh, Ben Affleck written script. I'm like, are you serious? That's even better, because like his last directed movie, um, I think it was like After Midnight or something, but it, it wasn't great. And that was him coming off the town and a uh, movie that went on to win Best Picture that year. I think he just got burnt out on it. He did. And... I, I always thought his physicality was great. I like his voice kind of thing. I He really, dude, he just, he's the biggest Batman we've ever had, too. Like six foot three, six foot four. Plus, they probably put a couple things in his heels to make him like six, six. Oh, no, he was like small <laughs> than Cavill, but still. He was he was imposing. He wasn't small like Keaton. He wasn't small like Christian Bale, like Dark Knight. That's the thing I always didn't like about Christian Bale, Dark Knight. The suit didn't make him seem that big. You know what I'm saying? The first one in Batman Begins, he looks like a fucking tank, and Christian Bale was like 240 in that movie. But I, that's yeah. why that's why I've always liked Ben Affleck and his action sequences, until now, I believe, is some of the best action Batman we've ever seen when it comes to physicality. It, it is. Yeah. So Batman in action was really good as Ben Affleck, but it was the, I don't know, I didn't like the robotic voice. I thought the suit, or at least the suit in Batman vs. Superman was terrible. Oh, God. I hate you. Okay. And, <laughs> dude, it was a roided-out leather suit. You don't know what that, that shit was made out of. It looks like leather, but it could be some of the <laughs> finest fabrics that can stop bullets. 
It could be, but I don't care. It looks like ass. <laughs> okay, whatever. I hope Pattinson does it well. I hope he does a good Bruce Wayne because I feel like we haven't got like the perfect combination of Batman and Bruce. No, and that's the thing. It's like Michael Keaton, his Bruce Wayne is a different type of Bruce Wayne. It's like darker, more kind of like I would say awkward, socially awkward kind of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think he portrays what a psycho he is more than the other anyone else has because that scene. Yeah. Want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. <laughs> We have a dance with the devil in the pale of the moonlight. What? Oh, no, I just like the way it sounds. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You can tell which one's my favorite movie. And then Val Kilmer, he looked good in the suit. His Batman movie was just weird, but I think he had the best Bruce Wayne. I know you're going to be like, Mike, that's that's ridiculous, but go back and watch the scenes where he is like running Wayne Enterprise. He comes off very well done. That's I I don't know. I'm just weird. I like his. No, Mike. Oh, sorry. I completely agree with you. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> because Bruce Wayne is a billionaire genius businessman. Yeah. We have not gotten that since Val Kilmer. Yeah, like uh, I listened to a podcast, um, one I always recommend to you. They, they're doing a rewatch right now on every Batman movie leading up to it. And when they talked about the Batman Forever, I was like, holy shit, yeah, Val Kilmer. I, I liked Batman Forever. I, I still do. It's not great. It's just a... You know, I'll watch it. I don't care. I mm-hmm. like it. Um, but yeah, when he talks to Edward about like the whole scene, or, like why his technology won't work, I'm like, yeah, fucking Christian Bale really never had that. I will say he was good at covering it up. Yeah. He was good at like, you know, doing the whole like, oh shit, there was a car there. But I don't know. I just really, I just never, I liked him as Batman. But real quick, Clint was terrible. Not his fault. Guy tried, yeah. whatever. He looked good in the suit too, even I would say. All of them have always looked good in suits. And then, oh uh, yeah, Christian Bale, great Batman. But I think, if anything, he just had some of the best villains. Like, every yeah. one of the villains really were great, if not good. And then, yeah, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne just seemed... I want to know more about his backstory, because th- this was the most damaged, long-term veteran Batman we had. Right, and that was my biggest, like, disappointment with it. I'm like, okay, the first time we see... Bruce Wayne slash Batman, he just broke a guy's neck in Batman vs. Superman. Yep. Like, flat out snapped his neck. Yeah. He's not, he's he's dead. I'm like, okay, Batman's number one rule is he doesn't kill. He just flat out killed I mean, an he, entire army killed worth of people. We've seen, we've seen him kill multiple movies, so like, let's, let's not, let's, okay. I want to get back to you real <laughs> quick, though. Let's, okay, there's our big Batman discussion real quick, but yeah. before we move on, I want to talk strictly about the footage you saw. You know, my point of view, what did you think of this footage? Like, was there anything that really stood out to you that you're like, okay, this got me. Like, this is good. Or if there was something where you're like, I'm not sure about that. Okay, so in the funeral scene that I've seen, it looks like Bruce Wayne is a prominent figure, which I'm liking. Yep. It looks like everyone knows who Bruce Wayne is. Yep. And knows his face. So I'm hoping he's actually kind of a socialite like Val Kilmer, Bruce Wayne was. And even Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne wasn't afraid to go out in public. I want to see Bruce Wayne in public. Two, not a fan of the Riddler's suit, but it looks like it's going to be one big mindfuck, which I'm totally down for. Um, And yeah, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman, probably going to be the best Catwoman so far. She's got the Michelle Pfeiffer and even a li- like the way the name's skipping me from Dark Knight Rises right now. Uh, Anna Hathaway. Yeah. She's got like the physicality of Anne Hathaway and then the confident sexiness of how of um Michelle Pfeiffer, but yeah, has her own personality on it. Like she's got everything going for her. And I'm like, damn, and just the way she talks to him and the like seeing them in the club scene in the cat and the bat trailer, and I'm like, oh shit, he took his mask off. Yep. And I love how they put the they keep the shadow under his eyes because that was something Christopher Nolan wanted to do as a joke in Batman Begins when he goes for his birthday and Alfred has to wipe out the eyeliner from his eyes. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, even Michael Keaton, like, they, there's a terrible edit in Returns where it's gone. And I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. That makes no <laughs> sense. But uh, the funeral scene, the thing I loved the most was that he didn't say a word for those two minutes, but he didn't need to. Yeah. Now, one word was said, but when he locks eyes with the Riddler, I'm like, that's Batman. Mm-hmm. like he wants to go up there right now and go get like he wants to beat the shit out of him like that was like right maniac batman 
And I'm like, dude, I think he's got it. And his fight sequences in that trailer with uh, Catwoman, where he just takes out like five guys with an assault rifle, but is using it as a bat. I'm like, this is Arkham. He just yeah. did an Arkham combo. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dude, honestly, from what I've seen, the action sequences look fantastic. I, I cannot wait for this That's movie. That's why I think this movie can edge out Dark Knight, because as much as I love Christopher Nolan, Nolan fanboy, he is terrible at filming action sequences. When you really watch the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises in quick edits and darkness, of course, because Batman's in the night, I think that's the mm-hmm. cover-up shit. Because in Dark Knight Rises, outside of the Bane one-on-one fight, uh, the both times, when him and Catwoman are on the fucking ledge, you can see her clearly kick the air, and a guy three feet away just spins out. <laughs> it, it sticks out, but I don't know. That's the thing. Art is subjective. Nobody has right. wrong opinions. We all have assholes. You know, so that was my that's always been my flaw with Nolan. Best stories, just terrible action sequences. But I wasn't there for the action. I was there because the acting and storytelling was like perfect for a Batman story. So I'm glad. uh, Shit, dude. Sucks. We live so many hours away, but I'd be so willing to drive to that side like on a Saturday and go see it with you. Might have to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm super ready for this movie. This is by far the most anticipated movie of 2022 for me right now i am a i love marvel but i'm a bad guy batman till the day i die man i just love him so much yep <laughs> so let's move on to speaking of dc let's get into peacemaker episode five ron how are you feeling about this show now five <laughs> episodes in are you still not sold on john cena's acting i know you were like spotty on it last week i think you said it was like a six out of ten I uh, was seven. This this episode, I think he got up to an eight. Like this episode was so good. <laughs> I will say his rant, I think, kind of carried on too long. It did. Yeah, and then it even carried into the cre- uh, the uh, <laughs> the oh, yeah. blooper the, reel at the end. <laughs> the best one was when he said, "Like and James gone, they don't <laughs> exist." i love in the uh so in the uh blooper sequence it's like economos is like i could agree with maybe almost all of those people but ariana grande is too innocent to be there and john cena's like probably right on that (laughs) 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 like oh that's great i wish they would have put that one actually in there it would have been better (laughs) i am so intrigued because his one comedy that came out to someone who was pretty good, but I'm so intrigued to see if there's other comedic stars now that are thinking like, I could do a movie with John Cena, like a buddy cop movie with John Cena and it probably could <laughs> right. make a, a shit ton of money. I would love for him to be on Barry now. Um, yeah, that would be a good one. I think that's a show that would be great for him too as well, but this one, he's just killing it. Um, I'd like to see what, uh, I like seeing the different helmets now that kind of like Iron Man suits like old school Iron Man suits where they have different abilities. Cause like I always saw that in the trailer. I'm like, I wonder why he's got glasses like on that helmet, but not the rest. The x-ray footage I thought was fucking cool. And it showed how smart he really is. He knows what he's looking for now. So he's yeah. like, what am I going to use? Oh yeah. X-ray. So I can see butterflies in their heads. That sequence was great. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Oh yes. I'd be so happy. Yeah. Bop. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do that for? She has butterfly. I can see it in her head. And butterfly comes out. I say to stay calm. I am calm. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, then, like even John Cena, he's just like, I'm not playing games anymore. Like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm just going to kill him. <laughs> and it was just enough action. But even the travel sequence to getting um, to uh, the jar facility is like two hours away. I like to tell him in a, like, I, I, I'm just calling him Die Beard. I'm sorry. I'm sticking with my boy. Uh, it's <laughs> Economos. Such a yeah. stupid name. Is that it? Yeah. Econo- Economos. <laughs> yep. I love how they just started bonding because I'm like, I've seen this relationship happen and I had been a part of this where a guy was a dick to me or I was a dick to someone. And it's just like, wait, you like that? <laughs> Dude, I know, right? 
and then it did just we starts just running. become friends yeah it was like the stepbrothers sequence i was like oh yeah, yeah. it's just like stepbrothers yeah they, they bond over hanoi rocks like oh come on yeah oh. Oh, 80s hair metal man <laughs> swedish hair metal i wish this would have came out while we were working together because i i feel like this show would have been everyone would have been talking about strictly because of this soundtrack it would have been like demanded to be playing on the radio station we were at yeah definitely uh i because is this the music so good and just like i love he's like this isn't a filler people think this is a filler because nothing really happened yeah they blew up a facility so much team building came up and ending i'm like if you even consider this a filler then you literally shouldn't you don't know what a filler is okay the scrubs recap of seven seasons because jd's having different flashbacks that's a filler episode people because nothing happens it's a recap (laughs) filler this i want to know what's going on with the diary now uh the right. butterflies it's kind of interesting they didn't take more samples or like do any oh they got the computer so now they have a computer yep. on the butterfly and it also ends with Mern's kidnapping i'm gonna screw her name up waller's daughter at the end too or yeah, killing Leota her. yeah her and john cena's chemistry is great in this too it is the whole beer scene with those two was good are you gonna are you gonna try and you know do the straight <laughs> man try and turn me thing for your dick <laughs> uh, my dick is dead right now i just want to have a drink with you but by the way my penis is a lesbian so i'm just like oh my god it's <laughs> oh fucking god <laughs> that's only james gunn writing now that is like james gunn just being like this is how we're gonna write him like he doesn't realize how inappropriate he is being and i think that's the thing and that's why the relationship between those two is so good because she was calling him out and in that scene where they're having a beard she's like i think you're a really nice person you're just being a dick so you can push people away because you're actually afraid to feel anything (laughs) yeah and then even like how he's asking her about hardcore uh i like that whole sequence a lot too as well and just the joke of like well don't talk about her chest and her Privates. He's like, what else am I gonna say to her while I'm banging her? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's take it back a few steps here, kid. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, great. And even hardcore. Um, and trust me, we're gonna talk about the action sequence. I like talking about uh just these little moments first before we get into the yeah. meat of it. Even hardcore sending the group chat at the end of it, sending the picture of uh, yeah, the Eleventh Street. Street kids. Yeah, I was like, okay, that was, it was very charming. And I didn't know you, she had that side. <laughs> yeah, I think he's bringing it out in her. Yeah, he's definitely bringing out, like, the child aspect in her. If not anything, she can realize, like, look at this guy and how much fun he's constantly having. But when it's yeah. go time, <laughs> she's seen him at his best. He saved their lives, I mean, in Economo Sid. But it's like, nah, it's like he stepped up to the plate, but she's also seen him be vulnerable. But then now she's seeing him change, like, literally in front of her by being, like, bros with a guy he was treating like shit to, like, literally two hours previously. And now he's best friends with him. So it, right. that, that's the thing. It's like, James Gunn literally took the most unredeemable character from the Suicide Squad and has made him the most likable. Like, I can't wait till I rewatch Suicide Squad now after this. I guess they're, uh, James Gunn is actually, because of how well this is going with Peacemaker... They're wanting James Gunn to do another Suicide Squad spinoff with one of those characters that were in the movie. Okay, so I wonder who it would be. It's not going to be Idris Elba unless they're willing to pay him a shit ton of money, which they could. Uh, right. We got to wait for to see what Discovery wants to do since they're taking over Warner Brothers. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But then also, I, it's, it's either going to be Ratcatcher it's not going to be Weasel. There's no way. Although James Gunn would love to do a Weasel spinoff, and I would watch the <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's you, you right would. up James Gunn's alley. <laughs> yeah, because Polka Dye Man died. Yep. So who else would be alive? Harley? No, not going to do a Harley Quinn live action. No. I mean, they could do like a TDK. Yeah, but everyone dies, so that's the bad thing about it. Exactly. So I don't know who they could actually like do I a show on. I think we killing Polka Dye Man now. Oh, wait, no, right. dude, you, you can do one on Shark King. Oh, yeah, King Shark. Yep, yeah, King um, Shark. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into the whole action sequence when they get into the facility. And also, I want to talk about the spin with the dad. Uh, let's do the dad real quick. What do you think of the whole subplot with the dad trying to convince the detectives, like, hey, fingerprints off fucking mine. Take them. How how you liking that whole side story? I really don't know what to think of it at the moment, to be honest. It's like, I want this dude to suffer. 
but but it just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen but <laughs> i don't know the thing i liked about it though it's like even the one cop's like but he's a nazi supremacist oh the boyfriend he's like but you guys put a nazi in jail or something right it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah do you really want to get rid of him like granted it's the whole moral code like no we're going for chris smith his son instead and i'm like shit dude this is gonna be interesting like, no, I, I kind of like it, even though it really doesn't matter because we haven't spent a whole lot of time. So we don't know how smart of detectives they are. Um, and I don't know the legal process. I'm like, wait, when did they re-fingerprinted him just in case? Or are they just like, nope, we got it in the system. It says it match, it matches. So that was kind of right. weird to me. Uh, he's doing such a good job in the show, the dad. I, I don't know what it is about him. Uh, he got a fucking Terminator going for it. I, I think he's doing a pretty good job. He's never been the greatest actor. I don't know if it's a compliment saying he fits this role. No, Robert, Pat- <laughs> Just be- Robert Patrick has, you know, outside of Terminator, he was, uh, have you ever seen the movie Faculty? No, I haven't. Oh, you'd love it. Uh, it's like Body Snatchers in 1998, but he plays like this dickhead head coach and he is so good in it. Uh, <laughs> but this is not his first project he's ever worked with John Cena. I, for- I keep forgetting to say this joke. They have worked together before this. Ron Owen what? Don't say, like, the Marine. Yes. He was the oh, bad God. guy in the Marine that kidnaps his girlfriend. Jesus. <laughs> I love how you knew the movie. What? The Marine's a classic. It was terrible. It's a modern-day masterpiece. There's nothing good about that movie. The better movie is 12 Rounds that he was in. Actually, yeah, 12 Rounds was pretty good, and Little Fingers in it. But back yeah. to this. Um, Yeah, so I think he's doing a great job. I do like the little Joe. I, I, I thought the... Um, the female detective did such a great job on the show with the detective whole uh, song. Yeah, dude, the way she just destroyed him. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, you gonna say Lucy Luke some Asian?" And just starts dropping off. Yeah, I was like, "Well, his hair is a little ridiculous, so I'll go with that one." <laughs> but I think that was the whole point of all the names she said. It's like they all kind of fit him. Except for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> no, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, you can make a joke. He's like a talk show host. He's a, he likes to talk a lot. Uh, but and then seeing how Mern was manipulating it, because when he brought in his friend, I'm like, who the fuck's this? And then seeing him being the uh, sheriff or whatever, telling her like, nah, they match. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I was that was a good way. I, I'm like, it's better than killing him. You think he's a butterfly too? I don't know, but if my butterfly theory is consistent that there's a bunch working for Waller and then there's a bunch that escaped, that would be interesting to me because this is what she wants to do with Suicide Squad members. So now it's like, are there anyone else that could have a maybe a bug in their head and they don't know it? Or they do? Like hardcore right. maybe? I could see having one. It was kind of looking that way, wasn't it? I think she could, but she's starting to feel things yeah so that would be interesting but i could see but economos doesn't have one he's too much of a no. bit now <laughs> so we shall see um but the whole uh jar sequence uh action scene i thought it was just super done out second that headshot goes to grandma it just picks up and i i even like seeing vigilante go like, with hardcore like that was interesting to me yeah, I love how her and Adebayo were uh, doing rock, paper, scissors to see who had to go with Vigilante. <laughs> hey, what was that real shampoo for? Oh, nothing, nothing. Oh, that was really good. I didn't notice until, like, last episode that that actor is in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's British. And I guess John Smith joked that he didn't know he was British till like, last day of filming. Because he always saw him <laughs> in the uniform. Or, like, he never, like, saw him outside and he always had an, his American accent going. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's hilarious. That would throw me off if I was like, here, you go British. <laughs> Wait, you're not American? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm <laughs> terrible at this job. Uh-huh. And then Vigilante sending the, uh, like, merman emoji. <laughs> and, like, I never know what this actually means. <laughs> yeah, it's not the point. That's what I tell him. But I want to, with Vigilante real quick, he, they are setting up his heel turn so nice and delicately. Mm-hmm. Um, because you notice how jealous he gets of whenever John starts forming a bond, or not John, uh, Chris forms a bond with someone else on the team. He's like, yeah, it was cool, but you usually convenient, like 15 minutes later, he shows up with the chainsaw knowing I really wanted to use the chainsaw. <laughs> and he, the way Peacemaker just looks at him, he's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, don't ruin this. Yep. Because <laughs> when that gorilla showed up, when they said, uh, 
uh, Charlie will be our angel. He's our guardian angel. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's the gorilla. So I remember that gorilla. <laughs> when he was just effing them off, I was like, this is so cool. This is so great. Right. <laughs> like, hardcore got destroyed by that computer. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are just human, so this shit hurts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Vigilante's just a nut job with skills. So I was kind of disappointed. But when just that scene when he's he, the gorilla screams and you just see the chainsaw go through his gut, I was like, this is yeah. so cruel. <laughs> I totally Kodimos. didn't expect that coming. <laughs> Kodimos, you're a fucking stud. <laughs> but that's what I thought oh of it. I God. thought it was really great. Um, yeah. I think this was my favorite episode so far. Definitely. It was great. Uh, just team building, scene character grill. James Gunn is the master at team writing. I'm 100% of that. He did it great in Guardians 1 and 2. He has done it with Suicide Squad, and he's done it great here. He is really good at doing team-building shows. Yep. So you, it's yes, you're here for Peacemaker. He's the main character, just like Star-Lord. It's just everyone else around him is better. Like They, <laughs> just, they all have issues. He's really good at writing flawed characters and them all helping right. each other. So that is the end of our talk there. Now we're going to go to Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5, The Mandalorian Returns, I believe. The Return of yep. Mandalorian. Yep. Holy shit. So many layers to this episode. Oh, oh boy. This, like, 20, 25 minutes, <laughs> 30 tops, because we got to get going. So, yeah. All right. Not going to lie. I did not think this episode was going to go the way it was going to go. I thought it was going to be like maybe the first 15 minutes. We're going to see him finish this job. And then the last, because this was 51 minutes. So I'm yeah. doing the math in my head. I'm like, we got 45 minutes here, tops. 43 at the low. Because I don't know how long credits are, but I'm like, let's see here. It's probably six minutes of credits. The fact that this was a whole Mando episode, fucking brilliant in my eyes. Not because it's a Mando episode, but it's because this is the kind of shit that they could have done to us. They could have done a whole other Boba Fett episode. Mando show up at the end and we're all like, why is he here? And then they do a Mando episode. They've done it in multiple shows. Like uh, Daredevil did it uh, for a show with Karen, the secretary. But I thought this was exactly what this show should have done. And now we don't have to waste time. We And this helps build to season three of Mandalorian as well. Okay, so there's only six episodes of Boba, right? Uh, seven, I believe. Okay, as much as I love this episode, I feel like I have a problem with Mando getting his own episode in Boba's show. I feel like it would have been better if the flashbacks were just done right away. Okay. I feel like this is just like, uh, I feel like they could have pieced this together a little better. I'm not bashing the episode at all. I love the episode, but it's just, it seems out of place. These next two episodes have to be like some of the coolest stuff we've seen. They have to redeem Boba. Yeah. Like, Boba hit right now after this. Like, when they go to war, he's got to step it up. And it feels like... And Bryce Dallas Howard, by the way. Give her a movie. Give her a movie. <laughs> I sent that to Chuck and Amy, our good friends of the show. Um, I sent that to them. And they're like, Mike, we are so happy you're saying that. I'm like, why? <laughs> I love her. Like, great actress. Clearly got her skills from her father. And understands their abilities way better than Ron Howard. Oh, like he understands Star Wars. Like his Han Solo mm-hmm. movie, it's good, but she gets it, man. Every yeah. time she's her first episode, her first time director, and she got the biggest action set piece of the season at that point. That was the Gina Carano episode where she comes in, right? Yeah, it's the whole village yeah. scene, episode three. Great episode. Yeah, it's great, yeah. but that was her first time directing, was doing yeah. all that. Second episode was the Bo Katan episode. Great episode like holy shit and now this one i'm like she keeps going up even even if she doesn't want to do a feature film i could honestly i think what disney should be thinking of doing sometimes is just releasing one hour specials of like a quick little battle tale or like a job someone's doing like a bo-katan like one hour little special directed by give her kotar i would want kotar if there's there's rumors going around that they're replacing republic with a bo-katan series i'll take that if that how, is true, how she loses Mandalore again? Bryce Dallas Howard, because we're re-watching Battlestar Galactica in this house, so I'm seeing a young 24, 25-year-old <laughs> Katie Sackhoff right now. I want to watch her. Like I, get, I know she has other shows on Netflix. I'm just not interested. But seeing her play Bo-Katan live action with Bryce Dallas Howard directing her for like six episodes, I, I'd be down. Yeah, absolutely. Because she's really, she just has a 
at least with this character and in the time period they're set. And the writing, of course, is great, but the way she executes it and just gets the feel and the body double for Din Djarin, because fucking Pat, that's not Pedro, okay? Pedro was filming Last of Us when this shit got shot, so he came and did yeah. his voice work. Him and his body double, it's like Jason Voorhees with a inner monologue. Right. That's how I think <laughs> of it, because this body double, he's up there. It's like, yeah. he gets it. His swagger is just so good and just, and, oh, I... It, I'm gushing right now. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little gushing, but this episode was really great. And the comedy, there was one little joke that really didn't look for me, but I was just like, you know what, though? Some guy right now is watching this with his 10-year-old son and is loving this scene. So it really doesn't bother me when the show gets kitty. It's on Disney Plus, people. I'm sorry. We're not going to get what you want all the time when it comes to that, even though they show Darth Maul cutting Stormtroopers in a half with a blast door. But still, I digress. Sorry, that was a little rant making fun of Star Wars fans, yeah. if you didn't know. So, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I gotcha. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ron, uh, I kind of want to talk to you about just the opening sequence real quick. What did you think about, like, his entrance? Uh, okay, so the whatever planet-type ring thing that they were on, such a fucking cool set piece. Um, two, yeah, him going into the meat locker, I can uh, bring you back warm, or I can bring you back cold. Like, yep, there's Mando. (laughs) And then we get to see him in full action with the heaviest fucking lightsaber known to mankind. (laughs) uh, Like, it's this small thing where he doesn't know how to use it yet and burns himself. There's a great fucking little detail thrown into there. It's so good. That I didn't catch at first, but once I started thinking about it, I'm like, did they shoot him with a blast? I'm like, no, a blast wouldn't scar unless he, like, somewhat deflected it, maybe. But I'm like, oh, wait, I think when he went to deflect one just like you know just trying to i think that's when he sliced his leg or something like that yeah but i love that for like during the training that's i love how he drags it to the ground and just sweeps it up like a fucking knight like with a sword i thought i'm like oh he's got to move down he knows what to do i think that is his move but also i'm like oh dumb shame like no it's getting heavier i'm like oh that that's why he did it It wasn't because it was some cool move he knew he was like oh shit this is getting heavy again right uh i thought it was cool. him cutting him in half because like he's just pissed now he's like you really just made me do all <laughs> <Right>. this okay <laughs> yeah, you, you really half. made me work for this one <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like everyone if you're good at your job you really don't want to do it but when you have to you're pissed <laughs> but yeah the and then him finding his uh children of the watch again us learning that it's only the armor the guy who john favreau plays has Vizsla. We get the reintroduction to the Vizsla clan and Mando. Those are the only three left out of the entire clan. Yeah, because Vizsla and him kind of went across each other, I think, in the first episode. And then he was, you saw him fly next to Mando in the ship, in the jetpack. So I'm glad this bloodline's continued. So this whole sequence is fascinating to me because we finally got to see the Night of a Thousand Tears. Yeah, we got to see the Purge. Seeing the seeing the dome in live action just get obliterated, I'm like, well, now I know what happened to that because that's something that's always been intriguing to me. Were those dark troopers that were shooting? No, those the were K2SO models. Okay. So yeah, those were all K2SOs just being Terminator. That looked amazing. Like, oh, Mandalorian helmets just covered in ash. Like, yeah, uh, it was just so brilliant. And then we got the we got even got a Tar Vizsla, the original mandalorian jedi who created the dark saber we got the entire lore out of this episode it was so fucking perfect this is something and i want to try and do something because we know a couple of star wars fans i know for a fact that we've worked with and i really want to hear their opinion on this stuff because i know they've never watched clone wars so i i want to know how they feel about this because and clone wars and rebels so this is like payoff for us yeah so I'm very intrigued with Star Wars fans who have never watched the animated series. Like, I'm waiting to hear back from my brother. I told him I'm not going to talk to you until Book of Boba Fett's done. Because then I can hear <laughs> all this stuff. But I've never s- sat down and actually talked to him about, like, so how do you like this Mandalorian lore? Like, is this kind of cool to you? Or are you kind of lost on it? Um, how do you like the whole Ahsoka thing? Like, that kind of stuff. I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. what the casual stuff. Because Kelly, she doesn't like the movies. But she likes Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian, which is interesting to me. I could see why the movies fail. No, I'm talking, dude, she doesn't like any of them. Really? Yeah, she doesn't like, dude, she didn't grow up watching them. 
Well, I mean, I can understand if you don't like the current ones or the prequels, but, but I mean, the like the original. Like, I can't yeah, get it to watch them with me. Yikes. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I live on. But yeah, so I'm loving how they're showing all of this backstory. And like, this is what Mandal, this is why he said it was glass now. I'm like, oh shit, they just bombed the hell out of it with time bombers. Okay. Yeah. Damn. There was thousands of them. I do love the armorer's joke. Ha, the Empire. They acted so great. They lasted like what thirty years. Our people have lasted yeah. <laughs> a thousand and are still here. Our reign was like a thousand years. It's like, oh my god, that's why the Empire got rid of them, dude. Because they knew right. the Mandalorians were gonna stack up and fight them. Oh, for sure. Especially once a dark saber got thrown back into play, and they started pushing them back. Uh, if you have not seen Rebels, there's a cool episode arc. Uh, I think it's episode three. No, season four. This is the beginning. You get to see Mandalorians kind of take back a lot of territory. Darksaber gets handed off to Bo-Katan. It's fascinating to watch, and we haven't known anything since because all that stuff ended. Yep. <laughs> but no, even even the explaining of why Bo-Katan failed in yeah, reuniting cool Mandalore because it was handed to her. It wasn't won in combat like right. Din Djarin. So... The next Mandalorian character I'm going to be interested to see deal with now all this stuff is like, how does Sabine Wren feel about it? Yeah. Because her family's probably wiped out and she probably knows of like, because it's a known curse. She's like, I cursed it. I doomed this all. So it's going to be interesting to see that character in live action dealing with all the consequences. I really hope they actually do bring the consequences yeah, and the guilt. Like some guilt. Some guilt. Some longing for redemption. Yeah. But so this leads to uh, the battle. Between him and Pre Vizsla, uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, it was good choreographed stuff. I like even the setup of him getting thrown off and using his jetpack. Yeah, them taking it <laughs> off, and I'm like, "Oh, you sons of bitches! You, you fucking did that! I knew it." <laughs> um, but I loved how as soon as he got the knife and he stopped using the heavy weapon, he just destroyed him. Yep. I'm like, damn, Mando, you got you got some moves, man, with that knife. You were just shanking him left and right. But it was so smart. He broke it. He attacked his legs first to break him down. Yep. And it, I, I was like, dude, you are Mandalore. Once <laughs> you learn that dark... Because, dude, he would have won that duel right off the bat. If that if that guy wasn't wearing Vespa, he slashed him right down the middle. Yeah. So it's like, he doesn't even know how to use this thing, but he knows how to set him up or at least can get a one death blow in and that's all you need with a lightsaber right so I, I i that's what i thought was really cool about this you see the skill there and he's just like like well my theory's a little messed up but yeah and you could tell uh with the his feelings for grogu is why he couldn't wield the saber yeah because you have to be only you have to be present and only focused on the battle in order to wield it yeah, and I think he's also, it's also a constant reminder because he now knows that's a weapon of a Jedi. So he's constantly being reminded of what he is not. So that is why Grogu is not with him. Well, not only that, it is also the weapon of the leader of Mandalore, which he doesn't want. Well, the thing that's kind of cool right now, we still don't know what he wants. Eh, yeah, but I now, guess. But at the end of this episode, well, after this whole thing... Uh, with the breakdown, um, he's got the knife to the throat. And she does the whole thing. Have you ever had your helmet taken off? No. Has anyone taken? Have you ever taken off? No. Mando. Yeah. <laughs> Din. Din Jarin. It's like ah, a mother fuck. to her child. <laughs> yeah, but that shows his character though. He's like Jon Snow. Yeah. He's like Jon fucking Snow. <laughs> like, dude, no. Oh no, he's like Ned Stark. Lie. <laughs> Lie. <laughs> nope. Okay, now you gotta go find some caves that have been obliterated. Good day. This is your new quest. <laughs> I have upgraded your... I've given you a gift, but I've taken away your weapon that could kill us all, so... Yeah. Good day, good sir. There's your quest. Enjoy the next game. <laughs> Seriously, that was... It, dude, it was like... That was such a setup to a game to break you down. Because think about it. He is you at the end of a game and a DLC comes in, but you get to use all your shit because it's meant to be like a two-hour blow-off. And you just walk into the room, and you're like, I got everything. And now they're just like, oh, in the sequel, you lose your whole clan. And you don't yeah. have a ship. You don't have a ship anymore that can carry multiple things. So they're going to be different. But this led to, I think, the funniest way you can bring our world into Star Wars was his uh, TSA check-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even that little tease of like him putting the dark saber last and looking at it, and we all think of it, well, like, you don't separate yourself with that. That's not a weapon. 
Right. She doesn't know what that is. This robot doesn't know what that is. Yeah. And then points to him. I know everything in that box. I like that he's kind of embarrassed, though. He's like looking around, everyone's looking at him. He's just take he's kind of like Dexter box in front of him, like ah, just a little bit of weaponry. <laughs> and I liked how he joked around, it's my religion. So right. he's a religion trying to get weapons aboard an aircraft. Oh my god. It's so good to me. I, I was sad to see the Beskar spear go, though. Yeah, that was a cool thing, but I, I feel like the body double is like, this is going to be annoying as shit. Yeah. <laughs> anytime he doesn't bring this, people will complain that's bad writing because this thing is literally just as good as a lightsaber in battle. Right. If not better for him. So we'll have to see what he had created for Grogu. And I like the lore because everyone's probably like, why aren't they using Beskar for swords then against Jedi's? It's like, no, because then that makes them vulnerable. So that's why it's only used for armor, not weaponry. I'm mm. like, there you go. Plot hole fixed. There's different metals in Star Wars lore that can also go up against a lightsaber. Yep. Um, not a vibroblade, that's for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I like them using uh, alien kid that look like Greedo. I forget exactly what they're called. But him, oh, wa- yeah. him waving at him and him just deadpanning him. I thought that was a good payoff joke too, like Superman. <laughs> but it was another way of cueing him into uh, thinking of Grogu. Yeah. So, and I like how the thing kind of looks like Grogu too, how it's wrapped. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's chainmail. It's definitely chainmail. So that'll be cool. Yeah. It's uh, soft as feathers, but it's, uh, I forget <laughs> what the joke is from, or not the joke, the quote from Lord of the Rings, but it's hard as dragon scales. When they give it to Frodo, yeah. Okay, so uh, the line. So, what do you think of the whole Tatooine sequence? Like all of it. Uh, I liked it, but I like as cool as it was to see the Naboo starfighters. It doesn't suit him. He's a bounty hunter. His last Razor Crest ship, and maybe Is not he? anymore. But I don't. I don't know. But his last Razor Crest ship had the entire carbonite freezing thing in it. Like he had a whole like gear rack, gear right. safe, everything else in it. Like you can't store anything in the Starfighter. You can't store his big long rifle. You can't store any of it. Yeah. So I think this is definitely going to show a change of character. I think this kind of represents what he's going to be. Because, dude, if anything, that's his personal aircraft while he flies to his fucking Star Cruiser. Yeah. He's going to have a fucking Star Cruiser. That's why he doesn't need a fucking ship he had before because he ain't going to be bounty hunting. Well, I mean, if he's going to lead Mandalore, then yeah, he'll have a Star Cruiser. Um, the thing I loved, okay, so the Tatooine engineer, a lot of people don't like her. She's grown on me. I just like her as a character. And yeah. it's so, just her line where it's like, what, 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 what kind of bounty are you chasing? That Like, she lists off all the things he's done before. <laughs> when he came to Tatooine, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, that's just like, that's good. Like, I like how there's good repertoire. It's like you coming back to like, someone on a new side story like it's a video game it's an npc that right. you like you're like eh, she's a fun kooky character <laughs> oh i dated a jawa once <laughs> i got so mad though when i realized every single droid was cgi but they had to make r5 cgi because him being a live model against all the other cgis would have stand would have stood out right that pissed me off i'm like you I don't know. I'm weird like that when I notice and I'm like, if George Lucas could make this shit look good in 98 through 2005, you guys, come on. Like, it was his backgrounds that sucked. Not the upfront visuals as much as this. This looks worse than his. I hate you. Right. Damn it. Um, (laughs) But using the N1 Starfighter, hands down, was one of my favorite things because I said exactly what it was and got laughed at by my girlfriend. But at first... Before they uncovered it, I'm like, if that's Grievous's ship, and that means Kenobi threw Grievous's ship with Luke, I would, that would be so cool. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been, I think that would have been better than an N1 Starfighter. Mm-hmm. And that would have been really good to tie more in prequels. But the N1 Starfighter, by far, there's a live action uh, game to go on, like where you can pick any error. I, N1 Starfighter is one of my favorites outside of uh, OG trilogy ships. I've always liked the design. I had a Christmas decoration that my mom had to make sure to hide from me until day of Christmas because I would take our N1 Starfighter Christmas decoration and I would play with it. <laughs> and it was very expensive. Oh, no, it wasn't expensive. It was like 40 bucks, but still, they knew, like, Michael's going to play this thing. 
Right. <laughs> but I like how they made it. It reminded me of them paying tribute again to like American kind of graffiti stuff or like 1950s America, like making a hot rod and make it, it looks like more like World War II played. Like a yeah. World War II brain fucking hot rod. And I love it. I like how he kept some of the yellow on it too. He didn't take it all off. Uh, it's definitely going to probably get upgraded before season three is going to add more mods onto it to make it look slicker, but it needs a paint job. Yeah, definitely. But just that whole sequence for Beggar's Canyon got laughed at for when I said that. And then when I saw the shot, I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're reenacting the pod racing scene because that sounds just like Anakin's pod racing. Damn. Yep. I was getting made fun of a lot by the girlfriend. <laughs> and I, I just thought it was really great. I'm like, this is so Star Wars. It was. And then we got to see the, the same pilot yep. from Mando season two with the uh, New Republic. <laughs> yep. And I guess the other pilot was the Luke stand-in too for the, oh really yeah that so uh, i'm really convinced either they just gave him like a little thing or we're gonna see luke too if we're <laughs> going to see grogu if we're gonna see grogu this season they could do that whole sequence off screen and tease that for episode three so mando yeah. comes back in episode eight and i'd be okay with that i would oh season seven so episode six we don't see mando he comes back for episode seven sorry okay yeah i'm, I'm getting that in peacemaker mix up um so that doesn't what would you prefer that or would you want them to do like a 15 more minutes of the mando show and then the last like 30 minutes is boba fett him coming back and talking with boba fett or would you rather that be saved for season three i feel like it should be saved for season three because i mean you you don't you don't want this show to turn into the mandalorian no no it's boba's show you need to show him, like we like we said at the beginning, they have a lot of redeeming to do in a lot of people's eyes for Boba's character, and they only have two episodes to do it. It's going to be interesting to see if they what kind of more muscle they get to team up with this, because right now they walk into Boba walks into a room, and then all of a sudden it's just like Black Canaz and walks up next to him. That's interesting. Mando walks up next to him. Oh, f- and then Fennec is just like. Yeah, no, if Fennec wanted to walk in the room, you would just see her just blast someone from like a thousand meters away. And you would just see her just do like a little head slide and everyone's like, all right. Uh, I think Boba is also a little arrogant enough to only need Mando. Well, and also, but the other thing too, and then he's got his Vespa gang, the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah right. and then the uh, Gamorrean guards. Yeah, so it's like, he's got an interesting crew, but can they take down like hundreds yeah oh god my if they brought back uh bosk that is one that would be super cool if bosk is still alive because him and bobo have go way back well not only that this would be kind of a cool spot for cad bane to enter cad bane if they do get cad bane and then dengar the bodyguard <laughs> no bodyguard. he's dead he's no, dead isn't dengar's he? dead <laughs> i thought he was, i thought he died in when we saw him in the uh clone wars episode no he has to do dengar's in episode five He's on he's on the ship. Was he really? Yes. Huh. Ah, oh, greatest battlefront 2015 <laughs> glitch ever was Dangar's rifle swap one shot kill on Luke Skywalker. Me and my roommates. <laughs> Dangar, the bodyguard just killed you. Because <laughs> it's the greatest robot chicken sketch ever is Dangar, the bodyguard. Bodyguard. <laughs> but that, I think it, that would be cool or who knows what we could see. But I'm glad this is this episode at least has brought excitement back to the show. Um, not saying I wasn't excited, but I've, I've, I've not been loving it like 10 out of 10. This has been a solid 8 out of 10. I get why mm-hmm. people don't like it, but I like to see things at the end, and that's when I fully judge it. You've got to stick to landing. Yeah. That's the thing, and not with cheap cameos, because even some of the Mandalorian's best episodes, at least in season two, had the cameos, yeah. Had the Ahsoka episode, and then the Boba Fett wrecking shit, and the Bo-Katan episodes. So if you yeah. really think about it, even though Mando was there, they were stealing all the scenes. Or at least to the people that knew those characters. Yeah. Yes, or at least introduce you. Like, you see Mando, and then you see uh, Bo-Katan and her squad take out a whole Star Cruiser while he's just sitting in the back being like, so this <laughs> is what it's like to work as a team. Right. Uh, and then you see Ahsoka Tano just wrecking house. Mando is in the background. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Next thing, Boba Fett. Mando's fighting, but you're seeing Boba Fett for the first time. <laughs> Live action, breaking a stormtrooper's skull open while he's got no armor on. 
So, you know what I'm saying? And then Bill Burr. You can even say Bill Burr had some of the best moments, too, in his episode because of that whole speech sequence. Honestly, go get him. Have him be a part of this team. Yeah! <laughs> Fuck. But you get what I'm saying, though? It's like, yeah, Mando just wasn't Belba Fett. They just gave this whole Mando thing for But Mando's also had a lot of help in season two, at least, with the cameos. Yeah, for sure. Granted, this is a little different because it was a full episode with a cameo from a character, but you would have wanted there would have been more unwanted questions if they didn't do this because they'd be like what's going on with goku why aren't you leading mandalorians what's all this stuff so they get to skip all that in season three now in season three we can go right into it and i think that's also why people shouldn't be shitting on this because now we, yeah. we we covered so much that season three is gonna hopefully be more straightforward i i hope so so that's that's why i i, I don't know I'm just being weird, but be sure to follow us uh, on two guys, one lightsaber at facebook.com. Be sure if you're following us on Apple or Spotify now, leave that five-star rating. That will be great as well. And be sure if you want to hit us up, ask us questions, send us theories, hit us up at two guys, one lightsaber at gmail.com as well. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. Take it easy, y'all.